The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Start! You can call me Bruce. Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. You know, I had this whole thing planned. I thought we were going to talk about a certain thing. And then the J.D. McKissick thing happened. And then Chandler Jones signed elsewhere. And I had a different idea of what I was going to talk about on this podcast. And then Von Miller signed with the Buffalo Bills. And now I have to talk about something completely different. And you know how much I love spontaneity. You know how much I love thinking on my feet. You know how much I despise having a plan and like any sort of meaningful outline. So I'm going to do my best to get through this as eloquently and as organized as humanly possible, given the fact that I now have to do some rearranging of the outline and some rearranging of the philosophical topics that we were going to discuss today. Since the last time we have talked, here's what has happened for the Buffalo Bills in free agency. Roger Saffold signed to a one-year deal. O.J. Howard signed to a one-year deal. Tim Settle signed to a two-year, $9 million contract. Defensive tackle Daquan Jones signed to a two-year, $14 million contract. And... Edge rusher Von Miller signed to a six-year, $120 million contract. One of the things I think is interesting about this free agency so far is it actually looks a lot like previous free agencies that the Buffalo Bills have been a part of under Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott in the sense that it is primarily trench-related. The Buffalo Bills consistently go back to the well when it comes to understanding that the game is won and lost in the trenches. This is what they believe. You guys know that I'm a coverage over pass rush guy. We've talked about this before. You also know 
that I've said that the Buffalo Bills don't lean that way. They believe in coverage. They absolutely do. But they believe that the game is won and lost fundamentally, not on the edges of the offense and the defense, but in the middle. And so for the fourth year in a row, the Buffalo Bills will have significant turnover on their defensive line. Fourth year in a row. This is not the Washington Commanders where no one can possibly penetrate the front four that they have. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. One of the players that the Buffalo Bills signed, Tim Settle, specifically falls into one of the buckets of Bruce archetypes that I would specifically target because the reason he's available is because you can't penetrate that. You don't have that same level of long-term consistency on the Buffalo Bills defensive line. They keep going back to the well, back to the well, back to the well, back to the well until they get it right. Despite the fact that the Buffalo Bills were the number one team in the NFL in 2021 in pressure rate, they decided they absolutely needed an additional pass rusher. And I think it's interesting that qualitatively speaking, Von Miller is a very different player than what you're used to seeing from Sean McDermott's defense on the edges. We have often talked about how Jerry Hughes was kind of an outlier when it came to Sean McDermott's preferred archetype of edge rusher. Always been taller, heavier, longer, more of a compression style rusher. Gregory Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, they fit the archetype. Von Miller is a very, very different style of pass rusher than what you're used to seeing. And the way that I approach this is this is growth mindset. This is we need a more athletic player who can make sure that those quarterbacks who are scrambling away from the pass rush, quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, quarterbacks you're going to face in the AFC playoffs, like Mahomes, Herbert, Russell Wilson, you're going to have these scenarios where, yeah, you pressure them and they roll out and they make a play because that's what they do. But Von Miller adds a dynamic athlete to the defensive line. And I know he's 32 years old. He's still a really, really good athlete. He's still out there chasing down Russell Wilson. That's still a thing that happened in 2021 when he was with the Rams. And I think that this is growth mindset from the Buffalo Bills. This is them departing a little bit from what they're used to doing at the position because they say, hey, we want to take the next step. I'm not saying we don't value those players anymore, but we can't just have those players. It'll be interesting to see if they bring Jerry Hughes back at this point, but having a player like Von Miller is a departure for the Buffalo Bills. And I think it's a risk worth taking. Financially, the deal is very similar to the one signed by Chandler Jones to the Las Vegas Raiders. The difference is the team control is longer, but the money in the first couple years is very similar. So you can make an argument that if you want to manage your expectations as far as contracts go by fully guaranteed money divided by number of years of control of team, and you want to use that 
as an evaluative tool as far as how good you think the contract is, you can make an argument the Von Miller contract is better than Chandler Jones's contract from a team perspective. I think it matters that the Buffalo Bills went a little bit bigger on the inside of the defensive line with Settle and Jones and a little bit smaller on the edge rusher when you've been used to seeing players like Ed Oliver, who's smaller on the inside, and then larger defensive ends. So I think this is growth mindset. I think this is willingness of the front office and the coaching staff to try something different. Sean McDermott talked about having new faces on the coaching staff and how it can kind of refresh things. This is the growth mindset. This is not doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Von Miller is unlike any pass rusher that Sean McDermott has ever really had. The closest comp is Jerry Hughes. But even so, Jerry Hughes wasn't as explosive an athlete as Von Miller is. At 32, he was still 16th in the NFL in pass rush productivity as far as pressures per pass rush snap with an emphasis in waiting towards sacks. 16th in the NFL. It matters. He was still really good. And mind you, he's coming off of an ankle injury. I think Von Miller can still be productive. And there weren't a lot of, you know, mid-20s pass rushers hanging out there. So, still productive. Contract reasonable to what Chandler Jones signed. Different stylistically than what you're used to seeing. And the last thing I want to say about the Von Miller signing is this. If you wanted Brandon Bean to swing for the fences, you got it. You got what you wanted. So in a year from now, or two years from now, when you're looking back at whether or not the Bills were willing to roll the dice and go all in, just remember how many contracts they're going to have to restructure. (laughs) And you can grab all of them. And you can help remember that they went for it. Now, I'm not going to say Super Bowl or bust because we've already talked about how that's not a thing. So I'm not going to say it now. However, they identified a position that they thought they could improve at with a player that they think fits the culture. And I really do think the Bills Mafia is going to love Von Miller. I do. And can still be productive. So that's the last thing. The last thing on Von Miller is They went for it. So no matter what happens, no matter if the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl next year or if they don't, you can think back to this signing and say, you know what? They went for it. We are going to take a quick break. Stick with me. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We talked about the Von Miller deal and talked about productivity, departure from previous archetypes. We talked about going for it, and we talked about his contract. But we've got other things to talk about. How about Tim Settle and Daquan Jones? The things you should compare those two contracts to is Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler. Now, you know how I felt about Vernon Butler. When Joe Marino from Locked On Bills asked me during the bye week, what would you like to see less of moving forward? I said, I would like to see Vernon Butler less. He said, Bruce, Vernon Butler's been inactive. I said, yes, I know. When asked about it, the Buffalo Bills coaching staff often responded that they liked the size element that Vernon Butler brought to the team. You get that back with a more proven history of run stuffing with Daquan Jones. With Tim Settle, you get one of the four Bruce archetypes, which is a player who found themselves buried on the depth chart because they had really good players in front of him. Asking Tim Settle to be Deron Payne is insane. Asking Tim Settle to be Jonathan Allen is insane. Asking him to be Matt Ioannidis is a tall ask. Ioannidis has been a good player. He was recently released by the Washington Commanders. But breaking through that defensive tackle rotation is different. So Tim Settle could still be a very good player. He brings great energy. The people from the Washington Commanders absolutely rave about his ability. And so I'm on board with Settle and Jones instead of Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler. I think that's an upgrade. Roger Saffold for Darrell Williams, I think is an upgrade. One of the other pieces of this is that Roger Saffold is 34 years old. Von Miller's 32. If you thought that you were worried about Brandon Bean not going for it, he signed two people in their 30s. He's going for it. Roger Saffold was connected to the Bills for a reason. And it's because the offensive line coach, Aaron Cromer, who is new, had a relationship with Roger Saffold before when he was in Los Angeles. So people were connecting those dots for a reason. But interior offensive line play was a concern for a large portion of the year for the Buffalo Bills. Saffold is a good blocker. I think that the addition of Saffold in addition to Cromer makes it seem like they're going to keep trying to make a zone blocking system work, which of course begs the question, what are we going to do with Devin Singletary? Devin Singletary took off a little bit at the end of last year. And a lot of people thought it was because they really committed to him as a single back. When in reality, he probably took off a little bit more because you saw a lot more gap runs from the Buffalo Bills over the last couple of weeks of the season than you did previously. They scrapped a lot of the zone stuff, but I think they want that. They want to. They keep going back to it at the beginning of the year. They keep going back and poking holes and saying, how about now? How about now? Can we do the zone thing now? They want to. That's what they want to do. And Saffold, much like Von Miller, maybe in his 30s, but is a very good athlete and takes impeccable care of himself. And I really feel strongly like he's going to be an upgraded guard. So I'm happy with that too. Let's talk about O.J. Howard. One of the things that matters 
if you're going to sign a tight end two with the idea that you would like to run more 12 personnel, is you have to be able to make a case for taking a receiver off the field. Because that's really what you're doing. You're saying, my tight end two against your third linebacker or my third receiver against your nickel defender. That's the thing you're lining up. This is what matters when you say matchup-based offenses. It's not just about my guys. It's about my guys relative to your guys. And the more good players I have and the more dynamic athletes I have, the better off I'm going to be. But if you say you want to incorporate 12 as a viable offensive personnel grouping, it requires that you have two tight ends who can both block and also have the athleticism to threaten as receivers. Or else the trade-off you're getting for taking a receiver off the field becomes problematic. You took a receiver off the field to put a blocker on. Okay, well, then you go to their third linebacker, but their third linebacker is probably better than your blocking-only tight end. O.J. Howard couldn't possibly have inherited a coach who cares less about throwing to tight ends than Bruce Arians. Famously, in 2015, when he was with the Cardinals, Bruce Arians said, I'm not going to throw the ball to a tight end when I can throw it to a receiver. They're there to block. And so I always thought it was funny when he came in and O.J. Howard's sitting there and going, well, they're not going to use him. They're not going to use him as a receiver. And then Gronk comes in, but the reason why Gronk got all the targets is not because of Bruce Arians, it's because of Tom Brady. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. He also, of course, had some injury issues. But O.J. Howard was a dynamic talent coming out of Alabama. And if you want an opportunity to rehab yourself in Buffalo and come become the best version of yourself, maybe there's a reason you haven't seen the Bills sign a free agent wide receiver yet. It's because maybe you're going to see more 12 personnel. And Dawson Knox and O.J. Howard combined may be one of the most athletic tight end duos in football. I recognize we're not talking about it all that much because we're all excited about Von Miller and O.J. Howard was like the chaser after the Von Miller tequila. But O.J. Howard and Dawson Knox are an extremely athletic pair of tight ends. The Buffalo Bills can do a lot of things with the two of them. And that's going to be really exciting when you get a creative offensive mind. Now we're going to see what Ken Dorsey decides to do. But traits give you options. And as an offensive coordinator, if you have athletic players, it makes your job a lot easier because there's not a lot of things you're limited in doing. O.J. Howard, also a very, very good pass blocker. You can leave him in there to get extra protection. Brandon Bean talked a lot this offseason about what the plan was moving forward. But the first thing he said was, I want to make sure I protect Josh Allen. He got him a guard, and he got him one of the best pass-blocking tight ends in football, in O.J. Howard. So if you want to put him on the field, you can have him run routes, and he's dynamic enough to be a threat there. But you could also leave him in the block and help out. That's the kind of benefit you get when you have athletic tight ends who are willing to block. And that's what the Bills have now this year. So, Miller, Jones, Settle, Howard, Saffold. The J.D. McKissick thing is unfortunate. I was excited about the McKissick signing for the fact that he can catch passes. And I'm happy about that. I do think 
that that type of back can be found on day three of the draft. You guys know how much I love Ty Chandler, and I think he could be a weapon out of the backfield. But I'm okay with him changing his mind too. I'm fine with that. I do think it shows you the archetype. It shows their hand a little bit in regards to the type of player they want to add for Josh Allen. And that's they want to make the easy stuff easier. Yak has been an issue. Yards after catch has been an issue for this offense for a while. And part of that's because people who are dynamic separators are often not dynamic after the catch. I'm going to say that again. People who are dynamic separators at the receiver position are oftentimes not dynamic after the catch. Those two character traits are more inversely correlative than you think. Because people who are dynamic separators are usually quicker than they are fast. And they usually have that dynamic ability to get open. Think about people like Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, Robbie Anderson, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen. All of these players have really, really low yards after catch per reception. Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks. They're all really, really good separators. Sometimes these things are inversely proportional. And so the Buffalo Bills went after a specific type of receiver. John Brown, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs. They went after a specific type of receiver who could present themselves as open to Josh Allen because Josh Allen at that time was not an overly anticipatory thrower. Someone who could see themselves open, Josh Allen can see it and then throw it. And that was awesome and it's great and you should have those players on your team. But sometimes those same players are the players who don't get you the yak that you need. If you look at the players who led the league in yak, players like Debo Samuel, LaVisca Chenault, Jamar Chase, Chris Godwin, they're thicker, bigger players who aren't necessarily huge separators. Chase Claypool, Mike Williams, these are known as vertical people. They're known as jump ball people. They're not known as elite separation quickness people. So the Bills could very well look for that type of player in the draft, but it's clear they're looking for someone who can help get them some yak too. And J.D. McKissick was one of those players. So I think that even though McKissick ended up changing his mind, I think it tells you stylistically what they're trying. In addition, like I mentioned before, this is a departure from the stylistic choices you have seen Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott make. They made stylistic changes when it came to the archetypes of players they were approaching on the defensive line. And now they may be making stylistic departures when it comes to pass catchers. Growth mindset. That's what the J.D. McKissick scenario can tell us. But wait, there's more. Mitch Morse signed a two-year extension with the Buffalo Bills. This is something I predicted and pounded the table for with an article on Buffalo Rumblings. I said two years, 20 to 22 million. It was two years, 19.5 million. So I was pretty close on that one. And I'm happy about that. I do think that as you continue to try to make a zone rushing offense a thing, you need to have really good athletes at the position. Roger Saffold is one of those players. Mitch Morse is one of those players who's very, very good on the move. Getting across the face of defensive linemen, being able to operate on the move, is something Mitch Morse is very, very good at. 
I had zero interest in going into the next offseason worried about the center position. So I'm very, very happy about that. So I had a lot of things that I wanted to talk about that went completely, completely out the window. But I want to talk a little bit about aggression. Because we think of aggression in the players that you sign. That's how we determine aggression. Are they going for it? Are they signing big names? Are they spending a lot of money? But I want to point out something different when it comes to aggression. Brandon Bean has said before that he does not like restructuring contracts. It affords you less flexibility in the future. The Buffalo Bills have restructured multiple contracts this offseason. Brandon Bean is historically not a void year person. Not a lot of void years showing up in Brandon Bean's contracts. But these contracts that he signed this season have void years. Even if Brandon Bean would have missed on Von Miller, the tea leaves tell us he's still attempting to be aggressive. Uncomfortably so. One of the things that should make you appreciate what Brandon Bean's trying to do is he's doing things that make him uncomfortable. I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with someone and you admire how hard they try. I was sitting down with my wife not too long ago and she said, you know, Bruce, you've had a bad day. I would like to play a video game with you. And historically, I would respond with, oh, you want to play Mario Party or something like that. Something easy. And she said, no, no, I'm going to try and play Borderlands with you. Borderlands is a first person shooter. And my wife did not grow up playing video games. She didn't have any video games in her 20s. There was really no significant history there. So the usage of a second stick and operating in a three-dimensional plane is very difficult for my wife. But God bless her, she's trying. We got up there and she was trying. And it was a disaster. But sometimes you just really appreciate the fact that they're willing to try. And I think that even if Brandon Bean hadn't signed Von Miller, the fact that he's restructuring people to clear up cap space, the fact that he's adding void years in contracts is something I think should be noticed. And I had it all lined up to talk about these objects and to talk about how he was being aggressive, even if the names weren't coming. And then they signed Von Miller. So he was aggressive and the name ended up coming. But for me, I think there's a level of appreciation that comes along from watching somebody do something that they're clearly not comfortable with. By their own admission, they're not comfortable with it. Because they want to try and they want to push a little bit more. Now, I've mentioned before that there are four free agent archetypes that I think will help maximize the possibility of a free agent hit and minimize the possibility of a free agent miss. And we talked about these last year when we talked about the Book of Bruce. But we're going to go ahead and dabble in them again because I think it's important as a quick refresher to go through these and also to see where the signings that the Buffalo Bills have made fall into these buckets, if any. Number one, archetype number one, victims of opportunity signed to moderate multi-year deals. These are players who flashed when giving playing time, but had very good players ahead of them on the depth chart. 
Historically, you've seen signings like this with John Feliciano, Ty Insecki, the player who best represents this archetype of the free agent class that the Buffalo Bills have so far is, as mentioned, Tim Settle. What about free agent archetype number two? Oft injured players signed to one-year deals. If they don't regain form, little risk. If they do, you get the first crack at an extension or you'll get comp pick credit when they walk. Kevin Johnson was an example of this signing. You could make an argument that this year, O.J. Howard is that signing. In addition, he might fall under archetype number one because he had Gronk in front of him when he wasn't hurt. In addition, as mentioned before, he played for a coach who wasn't inclined to overly use tight ends in the passing game, but a quarterback who was inclined to use a tight end in the passing game a lot as long as his name was Rob Gronkowski. So I would argue O.J. Howard falls more in archetype two than archetype one, but a little of both. Archetype number three, established vets on predictable deals. They're usually a three or more contract player whose value has been established with no upside temptation inflating risk and value. These are what you see is what you get players and the market is very stable on these players. This would be someone like Daquan Jones, Roger Saffold. Both of these players would fall under three or more contract players. This is their third contract or more in the NFL. And everybody in the NFL pretty much knows what these players are. You might have to worry about tailing off a little bit if they're in their 30s. But you're not going to run into a scenario where you sign them to some massive deal and they're really not going to know what to do with the money. They're not even going to know how to process it. They're not going to know what to do with the playing time you're suddenly giving them. A lot of people get in trouble because they project twos to ones and threes to twos. And they say, well, he was a number two receiver, but he was really good. Can he be a number one? It's the Alvin Harper theory. Just because you were a good number two doesn't mean you could be a good number one. Alvin Harper, of course, was a number two receiver behind Michael Irvin for the Dallas Cowboys. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed him to a big money deal with the idea that he could be their number one and it didn't work out. None of these scenarios happen with three or more contract players. Bruce's free agent archetype number four, fluke availabilities at high value positions or positions of staggering need. These are star players whose availability is only possible through organizational ineptitude or extenuating circumstances. Mario Williams was one of these players. Von Miller is archetype three and archetype four. Players like Von Miller don't typically hit the free agent market. Players like Chandler Jones don't typically hit the free agent market. These are rare occurrences. They don't happen very often. Players like this gets franchised. But the Los Angeles Rams really can't franchise a player. So you will notice that out of all the four Bruce archetype buckets... The idea is that, okay, if you stay in these buckets, you're going to maximize your chance at a free agency hit, and you're going to minimize your chance of a free agency miss. All the Bills signings fall into one of these things. You know what that means? I feel pretty good about them. I feel pretty good about the Buffalo Bills free agency so far. I would very much like to see a corner or two because, well, you know me by now. You know that that's what I want. 
you know that that's what I pine for. I wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night thinking about CB2. But we did it, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about free agency. I hope you have enjoyed the excitement that comes along with making a signing like Von Miller. I hope you've enjoyed that excitement. I hope you've learned something through this process. Not to get too high, not to get too low. Swing left and swing right because the roller coaster is really bad for your health, folks. It's really bad for your health. Don't get on the roller coaster. The best way to avoid the highs and lows is to decide you're not going to get on. Just take all the good stuff from fandom. Enjoy it, bask in it, and just leave the bad stuff behind. You don't need it. Leave it. Thank you for being a part of this with me. Thank you for enjoying this moment with me. Thanks for enjoying this part of the season with me. And if you don't enjoy it, and you listen to this whole podcast just to spite me, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumble.